The gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 13, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1563. St. Mark 7, verses 1 through 13. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. Now the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, of pitchers, and of kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right. When he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but with their hearts, they are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your mother and your father. And anyone who curses their father or mother mother, is to be put to death. But you say, that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is, it is devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things just like that. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I read a quote this week by um, that uh, author, Anonymous. Writes a lot, or she. And it says, some, if not most people, have more faith in Milton Bradley than some Christians have in God. 
See, the group one that, that has faith in Milton Bradley buys into faithfully. They believe faithfully that when they get a new puzzle box, every piece is going to be in there. Anyone do puzzles here? Yeah? I mean, I, I was trying to think, when was the last time I did a puzzle? Okay, so I'm, I am um, 54 years old, and I don't think I've done a puzzle since I was probably 10. Now, the boys had puzzles, those wood ones, you know, and I got pretty good at those. But I can remember doing puzzles, uh, like on ski trips, and, and usually, my family wasn't a puzzle family, and we just aren't either. I don't know. I think we're going to go get a puzzle, hon, and uh, work on that. But have you ever spent time on a puzzle only to find out that pieces were missing? Yeah? It wasn't a brand new puzzle, though, was it? No. It was one that you, know, you went and found. Now, some people have more faith that, that all those pieces will be in there other, rather than... Um, they have faith in that God, the creator of all things, heaven and, heaven and earth, you, me, that he's got all the pieces and that he's putting them together at exactly the right time. In fact, we want to help. Um, we think maybe God's putting our puzzle back together wrong. I mean, you ever felt that way? You know, this isn't, no, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Right? Kind of like that, that potter and the clay. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Guilty. I've said that. I've said looking up into the heavens with my great wisdom saying, I wouldn't do it this way. Have you? Could it be that maybe we should, and this is, I know the answer to this. The answer is yes, but could it be that maybe we should rest, have peace, knowing that the creator has got all the pieces and that he is putting it all together perfectly, step by step, and that all we have to do is receive and be patient, and lean on his promises. Well, Lord, you're not putting all the edges together. Well, that's not the way he does it, maybe, for you or for me. You've heard the thing that God is my co-pilot. You've also heard the, the kind of quick responses like, God doesn't really even want you in the cockpit. Get in the back of the plane. Enjoy the ride. But if any of this hits you, Know that we are no different. You are no different than what Jesus is talking to on the Pharisees. Aside from having Jesus in your life, you are very different than they were. But they didn't feel that the pieces were going together right. And so here's where we go to the part where <laughs> you need Jesus. I need Jesus and Jesus in this scripture this morning is saying, y'all need what you don't have. And what you don't have and what you haven't accepted is right here speaking to you right now. You know, 
it could be that we think too much of our own intellect. It could be that we kind of look ahead. And with the, you know, I wouldn't do it this way like, like I know. And do you recall this? Jesus, not once, not once in the Bible does he say, my superior intellect compared to your puny little brain. I mean, he could say that. He was God. He is God walking with us. But he never said, my thoughts, my, me. He said, I tell you what the Father's will is. I tell you what the Father told me to tell you. I remind you of what the prophets have already said. All the pieces are in the box. But that's not good enough for your intellect, Pharisees, keeper of the law, professions, or uh, experts in the law, excuse me. Or Ken, sitting here. He's got it all figured out. So how did it manifest itself? Well, to the Pharisees, as he's talking to them, he's going on and on, and he's saying, uh, they're upset about washing hands, right? In my house, you have to wash your hands before you go and eat, and especially when I was a little kid with my mom, you know. But it wasn't ceremonial. Ceremonial is like dip, dip, dip. There you go. At our house, we had this stuff called lava. Did you guys have lava soap? Anyone ever get their mouth washed out with lava soap? Oh, yeah. It's like pumice stone, isn't it? So coming with your clean hands not defiled um, was a matter of hygiene for the Whitney family growing up. But coming to the table um, that they were talking about was like, here I come and I'm going to wash my hands. And I'm not going to dip it in there, but, you know, hey, look at me. I'm clean, right? Man. Tradition. The Ten Commandments didn't say that. But what did the Ten Commandments say? Jesus says, look, you know, you guys are all worked up about being clean on the outside, but inside is death. It's what comes out of a man that makes him impure, not what comes from outside in, because what comes outside in goes into the mouth, down to the stomach, and, well, you know the rest of the process. So don't, don't look too much into that. And he says, by the way, you guys with these traditions, I mean, he's getting, I can just picture, I think he's a little bit hacked off. He's mad. And he says to these guys, you are making people break the fourth commandment of Moses. Okay, which one's that? <laughs> Honor your mother and father, right? Somebody check, let me make sure. No, I th I'm right. Honor your mother and father. They required these people, these men, these families to give up Corbin. Corbin was above and beyond the 10%, the tithe, to be given to God. They were demanding that these people give that. So in effect, they couldn't take care of their mother and father because there was a tax put on them by these priests, money that was for God but that men were using. He says, you and your pitiful traditions. You're taking pieces out of the puzzle box. You're causing the people to sin. Because you're, 
it's all sizzle and no steak. It's big hat, big boots, and no cattle. You're a fraud. And as in Isaiah, he says, oh, and by the way, Isaiah was right when he says these people honor me with their lips. And that's it, lip service. With their hearts, they are far from me. And guess what? This pastor speaking to you right now is a wretched sinner in need of a savior. I'm no different than you, and we're no different than those men. Except we've got Jesus. The only good thing in me is Jesus Christ. Where did that come from? Well, it didn't come from me saying, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, because I don't have that power. He chose me before the time of, the, of this earth was put together. Before that, he knew me, and he knew you. How did I get Jesus? How did I get this faith? Well, I got it in my baptism. The day I was baptized, water and word. I need Jesus because I want to get into that puzzle box and start putting the puzzle together myself. I break commandments and I break rules and I sin. And I need Jesus. And I got him once more in baptism. The water and the word combined with my little faith and I didn't, I didn't earn that faith, and I didn't create it. My little faith as a baby was given to me by the Holy Spirit. That's what God says. I didn't participate in it. I received, and you do too. The Pharisees and people that have more faith in Milton Bradley and the, and the puzzle pieces says, there has to be something that you do. There has to be effort on your part. Otherwise, you cannot be a child of God. And Jesus says, no, it's done. I did it. I made, and you'll hear me say it, the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people. Hey, Ed, what part did I play in that new covenant? Not a bit, right? Not a bit. He did it for you. He did it for me. His body given. His blood shed. He came from heaven. Rich became poor. He gave it all. That we might come together. Isn't it a beautiful way, and, and we're finishing up here, but in the epistle. Um, when Trace and I got married 25 years ago, we didn't really understand um, what the meaning was on there of, um, of uh, husbands and wives. And um, I have to admit, uh, <laughs> I like that part of obey your husband <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and 25 years later, um, you can see that I'm standing far enough away from her to say that. But she's, she's a wonderful woman. But here's the thing. He said, love your wife like Jesus loved the church. And how much did he love the church enough to die for it? I mean, we know how that went. But, but, but Jesus, he loves you and me, this church, like a groom loves a bride. He 
He washed her, cleansed her with baptism and word. He shed his blood for his church so that by his blood cleansing her, she becomes holy and blameless. His work for you and for me, we receive. Maybe instead of trying to work the puzzle out, I'm just thinking out loud, maybe instead of working the puzzle out and you know, giving him help, maybe we should rest in knowing that he is taking these pieces and putting them together perfectly, just like he had planned from the start. And he allows us to play. He allows us to play. How? By loving one another, as Paul says in the epistle. Let us not stop coming together and breaking bread. Let us not stop coming together loving and helping one another, putting up with each other, even when sometimes we're not very much fun to put up with, but in the bride, in the family of Christ, that's what family does. We need Jesus. And thank God he gave us Jesus and we have him. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.